Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the week that was with Joe Palmasano. It is the 2nd of February. 2019, we made it through the big freeze. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty bad. I tell you what, it's bad, John, when you have two five-pound dogs that are like four (laughs) inches off the ground, and you got to dig, you got to shovel your backyard. They don't go out, their feet get cold, they lift their legs up. Um. Yeah, you got to take them out like four or five times. My wife does four or five times to get one thing done. Yeah, it's it's not good. Do they do that one thing? Uh, they do one thing, then you got to bring them back again, and they do another thing, and then the other one has to do <laughs> one thing. So it's like usually they do the opposite. One does one, one does the other. Then you got to bring them both out. It's it's crazy. Are you sure your dogs aren't cats? Because they they sound a lot like cats. Yeah, they do. Because I think they're because they're small. Because cats will sit there for one second, and then they'll run twenty miles the other way, and they have no reason as to why they did that. <laughs> That's dogs. That's two little dogs too. I think. It and then cats will this. also do one of these things where they'll stare off into the distance behind you as if there's some monster about to attack <laughs> you, but God knows nothing is there. That's so true. That is so true. I had a cat for 21 years, as a matter of fact, so I understand that. I, you know, I'm. Uh, yesterday, a part of me um, was ended. Uh, Part of my life uh, that was, and I know. Listen, you know we've got the we've got so many things going on in the world um, that are crucial to us. That you know, and we've got the Super Bowl coming up and the whole thing. But there's so many other things in life that are more important than football. Football is a game, but. Yesterday, when Malone University announced that it was just boom, just like that, ending football, a a part of me hurt. Uh, a, a big part of me hurt, and and felt kind of empty. And I tried to yesterday. I tried to ponder this whole thing, and I tried to figure out. Why am I so upset about this? And and then I realized what it was. When you put... Try and picture an artist. And I'm not... Just try and picture this. An artist who agonizes 
and puts his his or her entire life into a painting or a person who writes a book or a piece of music that that agonizes over it devotes their their life to it and all of a sudden that music is ripped up thrown away or that Painting is burned in a fire and it will never come back and you can never recreate it. And I realized that's what I was feeling. I was feeling hurt for the passion that me, my fellow coaches, Mike Miller, Mark Murphy, Mike Gravier, Steve Sonnier, Jay Brophy, Uh, David Jones, all the coaches who put their life into it, and all the players who, who had a vision to come into a school that never had football, didn't have a locker room, didn't know where we were going to play, had a makeshift practice field, had three full-time coaches, had to go out and raise the money for the sleds, the, the goalposts, the footballs, the equipment. We had to do it all. I remember Mark Murphy. You guys all know Mark Murphy from the Hall of Fame at the Green Bay Packers and everything. I remember us walking around the practice field the day before the practice. And the first practice and picking up rocks off the practice field so our kids wouldn't fall on them. I remember us not having a locker room and and all those young men dressing in their, their dorm rooms. And yet there were no excuses on that team. And we had five or six All-Americans. There are seven people from that first team in the Malone Hall of Fame. And a lot of people say, I read on Facebook yesterday, somebody said, well, yeah, they were great when they were in AIA, but they haven't done well since they were Division II. Did those people realize that when, when Malone was in AIA, most of the great Division II schools were still in AIA also? Most of the Division II schools, many of the Division II schools who are really good now in Division II, <clears throat> were in AIA at one time. Finley, Westminster, uh, Carson Newman College, Mars Hill, all those schools down south in the SAC 8, they were all in AIA at the time. Wingate University, who went to the national playoffs this year in Division II, they were in AIA. So most of the good schools in Division II, many of them, were in AIA at that time. That group of young men could have competed against, I promise you, anybody in the country. At Division II level, NAIA level, whatever. I even think at that time, that group of young men, in spite of not having a locker room, in spite of not having anything, could have beaten the University of Akron, who was 0-11 that year. I honestly believe that. 
They were great players on that team. Great men of vision. And so looking back on it, it's like, I, I don't understand. I don't know why the university had to do that. I, I think Malone's survival is more important than having football, if that's the case. It's an important part of our community, an important part, important, important, it serves a role in our society. Let me put it that way. But ending football was like saying, thanks, but no thanks. We're moving on. And frankly, I wonder if football really ever fit with the philosophy of Malone. And I think it was probably the easiest thing to cut for some people there. So we'll talk about that today. We're going to talk with some ex-players. We're going to talk with uh, Charlie Grimes, the AD, at 835 as to why. Uh, and we're going to talk with Fred Thomas, who's coming in at 10, the coach who devoted his time there to bring it back and um, did it because he loved the kids, did it because he loved the program, he loved the loved coaching, not because he was making a fortune. I saw a uh, quote yesterday on Twitter. His son, Ben, tweeted out about the whole ordeal and um, asked his father, how are you doing? And Fred's response was, it's not about me in so many words. It's about these kids. It, it, that's how Fred took it. And that's how all of us took it. And um, I guess yesterday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this, but from what I heard, now picture this. Joe Nemeth, who was my first recruit, is a coach now. And Joe was actually at Malone yesterday recruiting kids from Malone to join him at his school. And there were apparently, it was like a smorgasbord of coaches. Paul Winters from Wayne State. There was representatives from Ashland. There were representatives from Walsh. Everybody descended on Malone yesterday recruiting those kids. And Joe said it was kind of, J.J. said it was kind of bittersweet to him. He's going back to the place where he started a program recruiting kids to leave Malone. And I think ultimately, John, they're going to find out in, in the long term that this wasn't a wise decision overall for Malone football. It may save some money now, but I really don't think it, it, it is a wise decision. Well, and you said earlier that a part of you was <clears throat> taken away yesterday, and rightfully so, you have a reason to feel that way. I, I put, you, you built something from the ground up. You put your heart and soul into it. And to see something like that end, it's, as you said, I loved your, um, your metaphor to comparing it to a piece of art or a piece of music. Because it's true. If you're an artist, you know, you're the same way. Yeah. You put your heart and soul into everything that you do. And it's the same with a football coach and someone who starts a program. It was a passion. And it's a passion for all the kids. And, you know, this comes on the heels of last Saturday, we celebrated Shane Nalepa being inducted in the Hall of Fame. He was a seventh member of that first group 
to be inducted into Malone Hall of Fame. And we were celebrating that. And we were celebrating w- football. And and now, and we were celebrating with the president and everybody. And now one week later, less than a week later, it's over. It's tough. It's and tough. I remember asking you last week about <laughs> being at Malone and being a part of that because you were telling me about that. Yeah. And you and I were talking off air and you told me, because we were then talking about Matt Campbell at Iowa State, and you said he's going to plant. And you told me the exact words. that At that moment, you said, I wish I would have planted at Malone. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have stuck there, wrote it out, and really built something even bigger than what it was. And it couldn't have been, I mean, it had the biggest start. You know, you could look at Walsh and you could look at the success and all those things. Nobody's gone to the playoffs in three years. I don't remember. Walsh never did. I don't remember many programs that went to the national playoffs in three years from scratch. And that's something that we will always treasure, should have been built on. They should have figured out a way to make it work. And we'll talk to Charlie Grimes about it at 835 and see what the reasoning was. Stay tuned. The week that was will continue right after this. We'll be back with more Joe Palmasano right after this. Cause I'll be standing on the side when you check it out. With Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Yeah, there are a lot of other things going on in the world, and we will get to some of them. But I, uh, and you're probably wondering, why does he spend so much time talking about this? Well, it's very personal, uh, the loss of the football program at Malone. There's, uh, it is personal. It is also, um, there's a lot of human interest stuff in this, but from players to coaches to people who have put time in. And um, we're going to, I'm very grateful that the uh, athletic director at Malone University has agreed to come on and and talk to me today and maybe kind of talk me off the ledge personally. But Charlie Grimes, you do such a great job there. And uh, I, I know your mission is to care about kids. I know that you've young men and to help them grow. Um, this had to be tough for you. Uh, extremely tough, Joe. Thank you so much for that compliment and, and for the chance to talk to you this morning. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Charlie. What, what uh, To me, it seems, and tell me if I'm wrong, but we just got done celebrating a Hall of Fame with Shane Nalepa going in, the seventh guy from the team last yes. Saturday. Um a celebration of the program, a celebration of the start of the program, the success of the early program, in spite of the fact that, um, you know, we did, we raised the money for everything there when yes. we started. Yes. We, we had only three time, three full-time coaches, and and we did it uh, in, in, a, in a very f- uh, prudent way. Um, and in frugal way. Absolutely. Yes, you uh, did. I, I was not there during those years, but I certainly have access to some of that data, and I, I just want to compliment you that it, it really 
it did. It, it came down to a small private school, you know, taking a risk at that time uh, with a with a young guy named Joe Palomitano and uh, and a bunch yeah, of I, coaches I and great players. But absolutely. But no but, but Charlie, why, I guess the reason I bring that up is why couldn't it? It it's, it almost seems like a knee jerk reaction to me. I'll just say that. Uh, you know, definitely not a hasty decision. Although we we moved quickly once you know the the numbers of this, I would say in the last three months have have started to really you know press in on us. It, it is a financial restructuring of Malone, and uh, it, it it's very comprehensive across the university. It, it isn't you know a targeted sort of uh, you know elimination of football only. It's it's gonna you're gonna be hearing of that rolling out in the next several weeks, but. Um, it, it, it is. It, it became financially unsustainable for Malone to continue in, it, in its current state. And why? Yeah. And Charlie, let me get this. Let me get this out because I lived through it. There was always a love-hate relationship with football at Malone. There were many people who thought it did not fit within the culture of the university when it first started. And and I fought with a lot of those things. Yeah, um, I certainly did too. And I, I I want to acknowledge that that you are right, and that uh, that since I've been there twenty two years, I have fought that battle as a former football player myself, as a fan, as a as a person that dearly loves this this sport and this school, uh, and these players and these coaches. Uh, we worked tirelessly to try to change that perception through these years, especially the last 11 that I've, you know, that I've been at the helm here. And I've worked with three outstanding coaches that we just bled sweat and tears together as, as brothers in this thing. And uh, it, it is, it's, it's a bit of a tragedy for us that love the sport and love, you know, what it has taught us, uh, certainly. But it was a necessary move from a financial standpoint. I, I, and I understand that, but I also understand that for, Dr. Self believed that football at Malone could change, could, that, that football, a program, a, a, a sport that was considered by many violent, considered by many... Uh, changing uh, kind of almost like a tell of the Hun coming into a campus could exist in a Christian environment if done properly and and it brought it brought a uh, more minority influence into Malone it brought kids who normally would not have come to Malone into Malone's influence it it accomplished so many things and yet, it was the easiest thing for Malone to chop. No, I disagree with you on that last point only. I, I totally was with you until you said that part. I, <laughs> I want you to. I want you to try to understand that. That certainly, it has brought a diversity and a and a, a culture to Malone that I believe, truly, personally, has has been a challenge, but has been the challenge that God has called us to and. For all of these years, Joe, I, w- I was in your camp, and, and I want you to trust me on that, but the, the finances of this became, and, and are, for not just Malone, but all of higher education, simply 
unsustainable. And this was, uh, I'll, I'll agree with you, a large cut, a large move that, that is one decision that can, can solve some of that issue, but it doesn't solve it all. And it was not easy, trust me. Uh, no way will I agree with you that it was the easy move. Uh, well, it's, it's a tragic and, and very difficult time. Were any, were any other sports cut? No, we are not in a, in a situation or a discussion to cut any more sports at this time. That's the, that's the, uh, you know, the narrative from Malone University at this time. So I say that with, with some confidence, but I know that if things don't continue to change, and we can't, because we're not out of the woods with this decision, and if we don't do our work over the next 18 months, unfortunately we will be continuing this, this conversation in athletics. And Charlie, the last question that I have for you, and I, I, gr- I greatly appreciate you, and I, I respect Malone and and uh, and you. You, I know your the the mission of the school is uh, is first and foremost a, a, a strong one, and you're changing lives, and I do realize that. Um, but I, I have to ask you this: What if the the idea behind football was to bring more enrollment? into the school, more male enrollment at the time. At the time when we started football there, Malone was kind of a sleepy school. I mean, it, it was it was doing its mission, but it was yeah. doing its mission fairly underground. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in this area. Uh, football brought, at least initially, uh, a strong notoriety to the school. It kind of brought it in, and... and and a lot of growth took place right about that same time. What if this experiment fails and male enrollment goes down? Uh, those who come to the school because they heard about it through football or things like that. Uh, what if it turns out to be the opposite of what it's supposed to do? You know, I've heard it. I've heard it described that way as well from that from that era, and and I've even read some of the feasibility study and the surveys and the time you know that the board and faculty took to uh, consider adding football back then. It was certainly a risk back then. You knew that. Uh, yes, they, they took a risk on you, but it, it's a risk that paid off in in that era, and it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful addition to our to our campus. I believe both athletic enrollment as well as non-athletic enrollment was growing during that time. We've watched those trends completely be the opposite now, and my staff and I have fought to maintain athletic enrollment while the non-athlete enrollment was continuing to drop over the last 10 years. And so uh, it was a risk then to, in- to initiate it, and I-, I will agree with you that it is certainly a risk to, to discontinue it now. But we're working tremendously hard in all of those other areas to continue to, to, to restructure, but to also uh, not become that little sleepy uh, school that you speak of, because that sleepy school in this day and age will not exist. Yeah. Uh, it, it, will, it will close. And so we are uh, making this decision. We love and we will support these players uh, we we've done all that we can do, and I know that that offends some people to hear me even say that. But I, I, I we are doing everything we can to maintain their scholarships, which I think is a tremendous move. We are going to put our foot on the on the gas with regard to all recruitment to tell this story of what our mission is that we that we are here in this community that we intend to stay, 
and that we are so you know excited about Malone University for so many reasons that we are going to make that that enrollment. Uh, we're going to maintain it, and we're going to grow through this of the most difficult demographics. And so, yes, I think the final word is <laughs> this is certainly, it was a risk to start it, and it is a risk to discontinue it, but it is a risk that we've calculated and one that we are, you know, com- trying to do compassionately with, with as much grace as, as possible for people. Uh, but we've got a lot of work to do, and... Uh, yeah, no, took, we, we will continue to love our students and to uh, support them any way we can. Well, I think it's important that Malone continues its mission. It's, a, it's an important mission. It's a, it's a, there are many, many unbelievably committed people there working and growing young people's lives and, and all that. And I, and I appreciate that, Charlie. It was like, uh, to me, it was like having part of me cut out. And thrown, and thrown away. And I know that felt, you know, uh, Joe Nemeth, who was my first recruit at, at yeah. Malone, was there yeah. yesterday recruiting players I saw him. Yep. to leave. Um, I heard it was like a, a, a kind of a meat market there yesterday with, and I hate to put it that way. Well, in, in some ways, but it was about opportunity yesterday, yes. and, and I, I respect that. Uh, but those students have some opportunities even to stay. And, and so I want to urge, you know, I want to urge everybody or at least let your listeners know that, that we've honored all their scholarships for the time that they would, would, would remain at Malone. Now, again, we understand some of them because of their identity and, and their commitment to that sport, they're going to want to transfer. And so we're helping them do that. Yes. Uh, and Fred has done a, 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 a backbreaking work here immediately on Friday to yeah. help support those guys as best he I thought. Feel, and, I feel- I feel badly for Fred, and we're going to talk to Fred. Uh, he's going to come in here at 10 o'clock, and we're going to have a conversation with him. Yeah. But Charlie, I thank you so much, and I, I, I wish you the best, and I thank you for answering some tough questions and and for being here with me, and God bless, and uh, I hope everything works out. I appreciate thank, you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Joe. It's nice to talk to you, and uh, again, uh, I think in some ways I, I wish you were back at Malone. We, we wish we could have you. Um, but we appreciate you in the community, and, and again, likewise, God bless, and, and a lot of respect to you, sir. Thank you, and you too, Charlie. Take care. Thank you. Charlie Grimes, Athletic Director at Malone University. It's um, a lot of young men's lives, a lot of, a lot of older men. I mean, F- Fred put his heart and soul into that, and I, uh, I thank him for that, and all the others who made that happen. Stay tuned. The week that was will continue right after this. We'll be back with more Joe Palmasano right after this. It's the week that was with Joe Palmasano. Okay, folks, I want you to picture this. Now, when you picture something ending like Malone football, and I want you to understand this. Picture two young men coming out of high school, trying to decide where they want to go to continue playing. One from Garfield. Jeremy, I can't remember what school you came from, and forgive me for this, but you've got you've got two young men that are joining about a hundred others coming onto a campus 
that still doesn't have any footballs, doesn't have any sleds, practice field is still being developed, don't know where you're going to play, don't have any locker rooms. And these two young men join a whole group of others and come together to form a team, knowing that they don't have all the luxuries. This isn't big time. You're dressing in your dorm. Um, And yet, these young men had a vision of building something that was special, that was so unique in an environment that never had football before. And two of the first recruits that we had at Malone uh, turned out to be just two out, like the others, turned out to be two outstanding men. (laughs) And we have Joe Nemeth and Jeremy McClure. Uh, both of them came directly to Malone, and, and both of them have made a uh, tremendous difference in that program. What's going on in your minds right now, guys? And first of all, thank you for being with me this morning, and, and you know I love you, and um, I, I know that you've got to have the same feelings I do. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Coach. Thanks for having, thanks for having us on. Um, I'm, I'm are you are you there? Curious. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I don't know if Jeremy's talking. <laughs> Jeremy's talking. Yeah. Okay. You might not be able to hear him, JJ. I, is that is that how this works, John? That he can't hear him? Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was curious to hear about JJ's experience being there yesterday. I mean, I know I, I you know I, I know he was there on campus a good part of the day, and. Yeah. Um, just what, man, what that was like being around the football office, being there around the athletic offices, Osborne Hall, and um, just the overall feeling. I, I, it had to been something, something really. Yeah, good. you know, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start. I mean, um, you know, first off, I'd, I'd like to say that you know it was uh, it was kind of surreal. Um, you know, uh, I think you know it's it's hard to say this, but you know, I was there for when it was born and, and unfortunately I was there when it died yesterday and um, uh, you know a lot of emotions um, uh, it was hard it was tough it was tough to see it was um, you know you're upset um, you know the, the first thing I'd like to say though is I mean you know um, I, I feel um, feel disheartened for the players uh, the coaches that are there um, the alumni that played there, um, it was really hard. And you know, as a as a college football coach now, I mean, obviously, our job, you know, my job yesterday was to go up there and talk to some kids and find to find some that want to transfer to where I'm at now. And so, um, you know, it made it hard. It, you know, seeing kind of like what you said, Joe. You know, we dressed in our rooms that first year. Um, you know, the 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 classroom at Malone was. You know, it was big for us. Obviously, we went to class every day, but probably the the biggest life lessons that I've ever learned. Um, He's we're we're on that practice field on sixty two, and um, you know, it's just it's tough. It's tough to see. It's tough for to see a program that um, you know had a lot of guys, um, their footprint on it, and yeah. um, you know, like. You know the the old the old song by Jimi Hendrix. You know castles made of sand fall in the sea eventually. And um, 
you know, it's, it's hard. It was tough for me. Uh, but at the same time too, you know, I know, um, life goes on and the young men that are there, they'll, they'll find a spot. Um, there were probably seven or eight, uh, college coaching staffs that stopped in there yesterday to, um, to talk to the coaches, to talk to the players, to help those young men find a place where they can go. Um, and not only get a great education, but also compete in the game that they love. And, and, um, you know, there'll be, there'll be coaches that'll be there on Monday. You know, I, I know a lot of the Ohio Athletic Conference coaches, Division Three coaches will be heading in there because, uh, the NCAA, uh, dead period starts on, um, Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, so, uh, it, that, that, that doesn't, you know, for a Division Three school, they don't have a dead period. So, you know, a lot of the, the OAC schools, the Hiram's, the Ohio Westlands, the Otterbines, the Bolton Walses, um, will be in there to, uh, visit with the staff and to visit with those players and, and to try and help them find a, a home. Um, I actually stuck around all day yesterday and not only did I talk to some kids, but I went up to the cafeteria, you know, I sat down with a couple of them. Um, you know, it, it was, it was surreal. They asked me what it was like when I played there and, and, um, my experience and, and, uh, the guys that I played with. And, and I, I need you guys to know, that even though it's no longer there, the legacy you left and the way you did it, the way you played the game, the way you played the game with class and carried yourself and became who you are, um, that's the legacy that keeps that program going. And Jeremy, I, you talk about, I mean, you, you, you have grown into, an, as all of them, grown into an amazing man. Uh, talk about your time there and talk about what it meant the first time you came and how you thought it was going to be versus how it turned out and everything else. Yeah, coach. Um, and I'll get into that from where we're at now because it's so, I mean, it's surreal to think that we're here in just a matter of days picking up the pieces of that foundation that was created all those years ago and you know, 26 years of football and all of that to really just in a matter of a couple of days um, be where we're at now. It's, it's really strange to think a week ago we're celebrating another one of our originals, uh, Shane Malepa's induction into, into Malone's Athletic Hall of Fame. Um, and, and there we all are talking about the future, talking about, you know, exciting things and, and what positive ways the program can move forward and only you know a handful of days later it's a completely different story but so back I guess back to your, your point coach and talking about those early days and what that was like um, I can't even begin to put myself in the shoes of of 18 year old boys today and, and what that's like as they start their journey but ours all those years ago it, it, it held a lot of uncertainty in some ways, but if you had a chance to go onto that campus in the months leading up to, you know, everybody arriving um, to, to meet with you, to meet with Coach Mike Graves, to meet with Coach Steve Sonier, and to see what your vision was, it, it, it changed a lot of that. First, I think it made us all really comfortable, and then um, to to come aboard and be there with, you know, the 90-plus other other guys who 
you know, it wasn't like we got there to, to create the vision. We already had it. We didn't know that. So the football part of it, although basically tortured us during that first camp, I, I think I got <laughs> tired from it. Um, the football part of it um, what was was really the, the comfortable part of it. Now, I, I, I heard you talk a little bit with Charlie about it earlier, and, and it's it was a theme in our early years, sure, there weren't a lot of people at the college at the time who, um, I guess, were real receptive of football. And I understand that. I, I you know, the, the greatest part of Malone's foundation, it's, it's Quaker history, Jay Walter and Emma Malone, um, and their, their mission there, that, that is Malone College and now Malone University. So I understand football not being you know, real uh, comfortable for everybody when that when that team came there. So we did have to deal with deal with that, I should say, or acclimate to that a little bit um, with a lot of people that didn't care for us. But you know what? It, it, it did change. It changed over time. Mainly the students were were where it was uncomfortable, but a lot of the faculty really received us, the athletic department especially. But um, you know, our professors we had some great ones there who who brought us in and and helped to mold us as student athletes um, and you know there were a large number of us that that stayed that course that got that great Christian education at Malone and um, for me personally and, and what that means to me look I, I, I visited several other schools um, I don't know what life would have been like for me without Malone, um, you know how, how I needed that small school feel in a great town like Canton, um, and you know I, I wouldn't change anything about it. I could tell you that. I mean, I thank God every day that I had that Malone experience. Isn't it sad for both of you though that uh, those who want to play football? will never be able to experience what you experienced and come to Malone and have it change their lives and have it be a complete, holistic kind of approach to, to play good football, great football in your cases, and to be in that environment that that, that part of that mission will never happen again for young people. They will never get to experience what you guys did. Yeah, that's incredibly sad and, and, and disappointing. And to tie that to financial struggles um, being, you know, the major factor, the only factor, I, as I understand, and why that goes away, it makes it difficult. I mean, you've got to think about it. Really, there are only a handful of college football programs at any level that are actually a revenue engine for a university. It doesn't take much digging to find out that you know, even even some of your most popular NCAA Division One football programs are are financial drain. Yes, true. College, true. So to to put a price tag on on that, and then how that affects the lives of you know me and and, and all these young men. And I, again, I, it's. JJ and I experience JJ experiences it a little more because he's now in it every day and coaching and recruiting. I mean, I keep hearing that 
it was a, a maybe a favor to have prepped the families and these players uh, and having this done ahead of the February 9th signing day. But I, I think that this isn't an overnight decision. No. This is something that I feel maybe at the very least is is irresponsible for for it being so long. I mean, why couldn't this have been figured out by December one, giving those families more time, those players more time to to get that part of their lives? These coaches, I mean, I I I'm sick over, it, and that's a whole other piece of it. I mean, I I love Coach Fred Thomas and his staff, but coaching vacancies are filled. Yeah. Uh, what what are these families going to do? So it, it, there's so many layers to this that I I, I don't know. I, I it's, the, it's really disheartening in so many levels. The the part of me, Joe, and you you look at this. I, I the part of me that uh, I I said at the beginning of the show that I couldn't figure out. Yes, football's a game, and it's it's in the whole scheme of things in the world it's a game but it almost feels like i i i uh, i kind of compared what we did and i say we because we all did this together what we did was like an an artist agonizing over a painting and then having that painting burned, because I tried to figure out the hurt that I feel, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And I thought about it all day yesterday. And it felt like, that's how it felt. It felt like a, a beautiful painting that came together and then was burned. And and I can't feel that. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I'm with you there. Um uh, you know, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I said this the other day, you know, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, kind of talk about competitiveness. Well, you know, the relevance of competitiveness and Malone, you know, hasn't been competitive since they've gone to division two, this, that, and the other, but you know, I, you, you go back and you look at it and you look at this past season, you know, coach Fred Thomas, I mean, he was the guy to take over that job. He, yep. he could get it done. And, um, they lose four ball games this past year by a total of almost 35 points. So you're talking about a nine point difference in each of those ball games. And the other thing to remember is, is they played a team Hillsdale College who beat them by 10 points, and Hillsdale made it all the way to the quarterfinals of the national playoffs, and 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 they lose by a 10 point 10 point margin in that ball game. And so, if anybody wants to sit there, particularly you know, a couple people who write for the newspaper in Canton that want to say anything about their competitiveness, they were competitive. And Fred had it going. Um, Fred's a tremendous football coach. He's got tremendous, a tremendous young staff. Um, you know, they, you know, everyone wants to talk about, well, they didn't have the facilities. Their, their, their locker room's beautiful. They've got a brand, they got a nice weight room. Um, and those kids, you know, bled and sweat you know, on those fields out there to, to get that program, you know, to, to a tipping point. I think that program was at a tipping point. It was, it was going to go forward this year. And, um, you know, to, and again, like you said, you know, the painting, you know, we, we were there when it started and, and, and we painted, I think a beautiful picture. I mean, while we were there, we were 27, 12 and two with two conference titles, a trip to the national playoffs. Um, and, and, and even Mike Gardner, when Mike Gardner was there, 
you know, in the in the middle 2000s. I mean, Mike Mike Gardner averaged close to seven, eight wins a game. He just couldn't get past a couple teams to get into the playoffs. Um, and so, you know, that that program was going to be competitive. They had the facilities. They've got the coaching staff. When I walked in there yesterday and talked to a couple of the, couple of their players. I, I, I was looking up at a lot of them, uh, particularly a couple of their D linemen going, wow, who's this kid? And so they had the kids to get it done. The question mark that I have, and, and I really believe this, is that, um, you know, obviously, you know, small college athletics now nowadays deal with budgets and things of that nature. I think there was an issue there. You know, how, 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 how were they budgeting things? What, what was going on? You know, what was the leadership of the university um, doing? You know, and again, I, I'm, I'm not going to call into question that, but I think those are really good questions to ask because of this. Let me ask um, you both a question, J.J., and I, we've got we've to wrap this up, and, and, yep. but I want to ask you both a question. Had Malone come to you and said, we're struggling with football, we would like to start a fundraising campaign amongst the alums, the guys who played. A lot of successful guys. You guys are all successful. Yeah. And we need to raise this much money to keep the program going. Would you have done that? Absolutely. Jeremy? Well, sure. And I, and I know fundraising for, you know, from, from, for alumni is... <laughs> difficult task I, I know how difficult that is I um, I got to you know work for the college for four years upon graduating and it, it's it's probably a craft that was never perfected there so yeah I mean sure what, what and, and I of course lots of guys would do it you saw it if we could go when a lot of guys were together talking about yeah. ways they can be involved um, I think and again I don't know what was in place but um, two years ago what what a committee created to 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 improve that would would that have made a difference? I mean, we've got a lot of great local players who stuck around the community. I mean, guys who are you know coaching locally, teaching locally. And he gets at Coventry High School, Dan to Georgia's at Lake. Um, you know, these guys who are involved in football, who love football, and and are and are close by, not far to, to just reach out to. And um, you know, it's only cause. And there's so many people here that um, I think it could have had some traction, but at the same time, who likes asking for money? Um, and how, how difficult really is that? I don't, I don't know. I, there, I don't know, because there's a lot of, lot of, uh, well, lot of what ifs at this point in time. Uh, and, but I think what your point is, wouldn't it have been nice maybe to, to have been included in some of that? And, and sure, you know, we, we love it too. We, we yeah. love the place too. And uh, yeah. I I want to I want to thank you both and and I want to I, I you need to know that I absolutely love you and you know that uh, I hope um, I, and I want you to always remember that whether they have football there or not your your place and your legacy there goes on because what you young men did what you did as young men. Um, was something that is so different than going to a school that's established, that had football, that y- you you were true pioneers, um, and, and, and 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 it has affected your life. 
Yep. What you did has affected your life because you don't see obstacles any longer. And what you guys did was great. And so you could look back and say, whether they have football now or not, we did something that will forever be special. And and I I commend you both for that. Coach, Coach can I tell you something? Yes. We are who we are because of people like you. No doubt. We are who we are because of people like you. And that's why I do what I do, to pay it forward. Love you. Yeah. We Love appreciate you, too, Coach. You, Coach. Yeah, I, I, we appreciate you saying that because that, that does mean a lot. And it's going to be difficult for for all of us guys, um, you know, to understand that. But it goes beyond football. And um, But, no, we appreciate you, Coach. You, you were the alpha Man, you were you were what got that started, and and we you, talk about it all the time. You believed in us, Coach. We believe in you. Thank you, man. I love right. you still, and and I'm so proud of both of you, and as I am everybody, and uh, because there's even though there's no football, we need to still stay together. Yes, sir. Love you both. Thanks. Take care, Coach. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Coach. Bye. Bye. You'll be excited to hear it all. It's The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Yeah, I'm trying to digest all this stuff myself. It's a personal part of life. It's more than a game. As you heard from so many people, as you heard from Jeremy and 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 Joe Nemeth, um, if football's a part of life. It's a, it, it's a reason that so many hundreds of young men came to Malone and learned the experience of Malone through football uh, to combine the philosophy of Malone in with the great sport of football, which teaches so many lessons. And the head coach, when this, when this guy was hired, I was so excited for the future of Malone. And uh, I've seen it develop under him. Uh, I've seen his passion for it. Fred Thomas didn't need to coach at Malone. He didn't need it for a job. He didn't need it for the money. Uh, He did it because he loved it. He did did it because he wanted to build something. Um, And Fred is is here in studio with me today. And Fred, I want to thank you. and, And have you slept? Hold on a second. We don't have your mic. Oh, you got me there? Here we go. No, uh, we didn't get much in any sleep, really. We, uh, uh, I was getting phone calls all night long from a number of different types of people, coaches in the profession, friends, and uh, guys that you know want to help our players and are my coaches. Um, they started early this morning with a good friend of yours, Gino DeMarco. DeMar- yeah. Gino DeMarco. DeMarco called, and um, uh, I was just getting out of the shower, and Gino called me in a long conversation. And uh, Gino's a great guy. Great guy over at Geneva College, and he's coming in Monday or Tuesday to you know, talk to some of our kids, and hopefully we can get all of our kids placed. This isn't about you, is it? No. <laughs> no. I, um, I, I know I hurt. I hurt. I hurt because it um, there there like I said there was something that I that that we as a group when a group of people come together 
and create something wonderful. People don't understand that. No. And especially in a game like football where you have 100 kids. You had only seven seniors coming back, correct? Correct. correct. We have... Uh, we were we were getting five days a week. We were getting uh, seventy. We had seventy nine kids working out and seven seniors. We were a very very young football team. Um, every starter was back defensively. Uh, we lost Ashton and, and Matt Blaziola offensively, and everybody else was back. Uh, um, and they were back for a couple years. And, and this uh, was a team that was right on the verge. Yeah, we were really close. You know, we took Hillsdale to the ropes, and uh, you know, we got beat a couple times and uh, bad. And uh, but that's what happens with young teams, as you know. You're, 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 it's like a roller coaster ride, but they mature. And, and I think uh, listening to our players, because uh, you know, Joe, when something like this happens, you got to become a good listener and uh, let them vent and let them talk. And, and they, they they felt very comfortable where we were at that we were really close, and we had two really good recruiting classes and. And we had 15 kids committed this year that uh, we had to call 7.30 Friday morning and tell them, please call another home. And some of them might be left out because schools don't have money available. And and I want to get into that. But these kids that you brought in, they bought into the whole philosophy of the school. Yes, they did. Uh, You know, I, I can actually say we had very, very minimal problems off the field. Uh, We were very honest with the kids up front that uh, we're a very conservative school, we're a Christian school, and uh, uh, that is important to us. Um, and we had very, very few problems off game. I mean, you know, when you have 120 men coming to play a sport, usually there's some headaches involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be truthful, in three years, it was very minimal. And uh, I'm real proud of that, uh, happy for the kids. I look at the kids that I coached and how their lives have changed. And how they grew up, and the things that they said about being at Malone, yep. and they had a lot of choices, yep. and seven Hall of Famers, and many All Americans, and all those things. And um, I felt like I I would I could look parents in the eye and say, your kids can play football, but they can also get a total education. And that was a that was a mission that Malone could offer. That was a niche mission, that is now gone. Yes, uh, and that I think is the sad part of this. And the sad part is also that the school didn't reach out to all of us in alums and say, "Look, we're in trouble. We want to save this. Can you guys raise this money?" This is what we need to, to make it. Because I think there are enough successful people, Shane DeLepa, different mm-hmm. people who are in the Hall of Fame, who could have, I would have. Yeah. And I told you that yeah. I, many times, many if you times. needed anything. I, I honestly believe, and Charlie, Charlie Grimes denied this, but there was always a love-hate relationship with football, Malone. Still is. Yeah. Up until the end, there was. Yes. Yeah, and it, because of the background of the school and everything else. And, and uh, I think it was the easiest thing to cut. And that's sad to me. We were uh, in the meeting we had with the president uh, on Friday morning. Uh, one of our coaches asked, are we the only thing being cut? Uh, and, and he said that, that we were the only sport being cut, that one or two other programs might be cut, but we, we were the only sport being cut. And, you know, Joe, I think that the saddest part, as you know, because you were one of my first phone calls when I got the job, mm-hmm. 
uh, my goal was to bring the past with the present. I know you did a great job. And I felt so good leaving the Hall of Fame banquet when there were 35, 40 of your guys. Yeah. And I was there thinking, we're close now. We're getting close. They're back on campus. Uh, I thought it was a great evening. Uh, you know, we went out afterwards and yes. enjoyed camaraderie and talked about Malone football. And I thought, well, we're getting closer now. They, those guys know who, who we are now. They know they're welcome back. And um, it hit a wall. How did this all go down? This uh, is Because this is kind of shocking to me how it went down. Yeah, um, we were in a recruiting meeting Thursday. Um, we had recruits on campus. Uh, Charlie Grimes came in about 4 o'clock and said, uh, the president wants to meet with the team. And I said, uh, is he meeting with every team? And he said, yes, he's going to meet with every team. And he said that uh, he wants to squelch some rumors that are going on. And I said, okay. I said, when do you want to meet? Monday, Tuesday? He goes, well, you got workouts tomorrow at 6. I said, yeah, we have workouts tomorrow morning at 6. He said, uh, could we meet at 6? So we text all the players, mandatory meeting at 6. Uh, he said, and then he turned to me and said, I'd like, we, he'd like to meet with the staff at uh, 5.45. In the morning? Yes, sir. And, uh, uh, you know, we were all there. Dr. King walked in, and Dr. King said, this is the hardest thing I've had to do in 25 years of administration. We're disbanding football immediately. That's it? That's it. And uh, we asked, you know, he did say that, you know, my staff will get paid till March, which is a month to find a job. And he said that... Uh, uh, we asked about the other sport being and any other sports being cut. He, he said no. Uh, so we walked out and there's a team sitting there and you know the, the kids Who had to address the team. Doctor King started. He said, uh, you know, and kids are kids. You know, I'm older. They think, thought maybe I was retiring. They thought, you know, they, right. they didn't know. And uh, Doctor King told the kids. He said, um, uh, this hardest decision I've had to make in 25 years. We're just meeting football. We really hope all of you continue to stay at Malone. Um, then it was up to me to take it from there. And, uh, you know, I, I told them about the NCAA rule that they'd be eligible immediately. But once they so heard... you just had 15 minutes to prepare to talk to the players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> once, once they returned, you know, once they heard that they're doing away with football, you know how that, you know, the kids, Joe, they're, they're, they're kids. They're no different than when we played. Right. You heard that and it was automatically, some were upset, some were, you know, yelling, some were talking, saying some things they shouldn't have said. But they're kids. And, uh, we got them calmed down a little bit, and there were a lot of crying, uh, coaches and players. I, I was in tears, and uh, and um, told them about the NCA rule that we would help every kid until he finds a home. Uh, that's our, our main mission right now is to find players a home and uh, that they can play football. Because right now, of the 79 kids, 79 want to leave Malone. Some of them won't be able to because they're so far into their curriculum that, that, that the transfer just wouldn't be feasible financially. Uh, I had one nursing student come in, and he's, he's in tears. He wants to leave, but then I, I didn't know you, it's hard to transfer nursing hours because everybody's curriculum's so different. And uh, so we we're trying to find out something we could do for him to help him. Yeah. And go ahead, John. Coach, was there any inkling of this before this exact point in time? You know, you always hear the rumors that, that that the school's in trouble. We know we know there's a financial bind, but we never heard that. Never, never once did we think that that, that uh, they were going to cut the sport. You know, it's funny because as coaches, you get intuitions and you sort of think. And I, and I went in the office at four o'clock instead of five forty-five, and I thought, you know what? I bet they're cutting football today. It's sort of weird, just out of the blue. And I made a list of seven things that we had to do if they cut football. 
and they're sitting on my desk in front of me. And when he said that, I turned to the list and said, here's what we got to do. And, uh, you know, just out of the blue, because well, that's the, what happened. The, they're building this whole big facility down the... How, how much does that cost? Uh, I don't know the exact cost, but, uh, yeah, they're building a whole new facility with a competition field, a baseball field, a practice field, and they're redoing the softball field, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't wasn't part of that? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't part of that supposed to be to aid football in a way? Yeah, it was. It, eventually, it was to bring football on campus yes. uh, and, and have a stadium on campus. It was supposed to seat 3,500 people, and and they, they had shown me a, a blueprint, a, a, a drawing of an end zone facility. And me, they showed and me. you. You saw it, Joe. Yeah, uh, we were together uh, with an end zone facility with meeting rooms and training rooms, and and that's all in the plans. And that was all in the plans. Yeah. Well, so, and it, it, I, I just don't why why do that, and then on top of that, why do that and allow you to keep going on recruiting players, trying to get players into the building? Why allow that to happen? You, you know, I, I I truly don't know. Uh, as I told you off the air, Joe, uh, you know, after the the Hillsdale game, I resigned, um, and, and that's tough to do. But but I I just needed help. I, I you know, and, and you know, it's a struggle. I know it's a small school. But they were cutting twenty one thousand in scholarships, and you know I was losing the coach, and 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 we, we, I just needed help, and so so I go to, with the president and the vice president and, and the AD to, uh, um, it's a to old Bernadette Seminary, uh, at Glenmore for yeah. lunch, and uh, they talked me out of out of it, and said no, we're going to get this done. What do you need? Uh, what do you, we're going to get this done? We're going to get this done, and. And Friday they said, uh, we're not doing anything. We're cutting the program. Now, in the timing of it, dead period is Monday. Yeah. J.J. brought that up. Yeah. Most schools are done with recruiting, and they don't have money. Right. And yet you've got 15 schools that are going to be coming in that are going to recruit. You've got three kids up in uh, Slippery Rock right now. We have three kids at Slippery Rock right now. We had 15 schools in. It happened Friday at 6 o'clock. Immediately, we called all of our buddies. Friday, we had 15 schools in. They were already on the road. Paul Winters came down from Wayne State. Yeah. Our buddy, uh, Mail and Luke, came over from Northwood, friends of mine, to talk to our players. And, and right now, they're talking to the kids that played because it's late, and, and they need to get If they have any money available... Uh, um, you know, John came over, Frank came over from Walsh uh, just to try to help our kids. And uh, we had 15 schools in. I, I've gotten three, four phone calls this morning. Guys are coming in Monday. Uh, I got guys coming in this afternoon uh, to, to, talk, to try to help our kids. The problem is Division Two and One can't come around early next week. Division Threes can. And almost everybody's out of money because everybody, you know, we had 15 commits. So uh, uh -huh. that was really tough calling those kids too. Uh, you, you recruited them and recruited them, and you know they're coming, and all of a sudden we got to tell them to go call people who already offered to other people because they're, they, you know, once you commit, you just move on and go to another another person. You know how that works. And then you've got a bunch of young coaches. You know you'll yeah. you'll be you'll be fine. I'm although fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean fine. you're fine in many ways, but yeah. but this is. I know the feeling. This yeah. was your baby regrowing this. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not fine. This isn't about money to you. No, no, it, no But no, But no. you have a lot of young coaches yeah. who are also late in finding jobs. 
Yeah, you know, if you look at it, Bowling Green had a staff. We, we know those people. We could, you know, we could. We have good connections at Bowling Green. Akron has a new staff. They're full. Lake Erie College is in our league. Um, you know, I talked to them yesterday. They're full. Uh, Gino DeMarco, a good friend of both of ours, said, "Fred, I just hired a coach last week." He says it's really late. So once again, instead of just calling people to help our kids, uh, I started making some phone calls and, and telling people, like I told Paul, if you hear of anything, anything at all, I got guys that need jobs. I got guys with families that need jobs. And they and they only get paid till March. They get paid till March. Yeah. Malone should honor that through. Yeah. Because it's so late. It, They're yeah. honoring scholarships. Yes. They yeah. might as well pay salaries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they should, John. Coach, I want to I want to play the role of your son here real fast because I saw on Twitter he tweeted last <laughs> night a tweet and he said he called you and asked you how you were doing directly after this happened and I want to get the exact answer that you gave your son. Well, first, uh, as you know, Joe, you know it, it, this is tough on a family. Yeah, and I got a great family. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he said, "Are you okay?" It's not about me. It really isn't about me. It's about me finding my kids, those 80 kids, 79 kids, a home. It's about me finding my coaches a job. I'm so consumed with that right now. Afterwards, I'll take a deep breath, take a day or two, and decide my future. Uh, it's not about my future. It's not about me. It's about those kids getting a home. And They all want to go play football, and it's a sport that Joe and I absolutely love. It's one that was a part of our life, and, and we owe it to those kids. We've got to probably take a break, but I could say, you know, the emotion is, I feel the same emotion, Fred. Um, I feel the same emotion. I am uh, empty. And, and I don't, there's an anger because I don't get it. I think it was short-sighted, and I'll, we'll get into that when we come back, but we'll talk about that. When we come back, we're going to continue with Fred Thomas right after this. It's the week that was with Joe Palmasano. Hour number three of the week that was, it is a balmy 18 degrees outside. I think I'm going to put on shorts today. Fly my drone. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm in the house. I am... uh, we're continuing our discussion with Fred Thomas and talking about, folks, I know it's football. I know it's a game, but it's so much more. It's so much more. There are young men who, first of all, I think football is the greatest game that was ever invented because of the fact that one guy can't take over a game. You need 11 men to each do their job. It teaches lessons. You combine that with a Christian education, the great professors and everybody at Malone, small school environment, and you have the per- – I, I thought you had the perfect combination for, for, for young men. And, and I believed that when I went into people's homes, that your young man, your, your child, will be better off in four years coming to Malone and playing football than going somewhere else where it's just football first and and nothing else or a, a place that that didn't have the same mission that Malone did because of that i be, i believed it was a perfect combination i believe that ultimately 
in the long term, Malone will realize that they made a mistake and that this will come back uh, to haunt them in enrollment and things. I, but, but one of the people who I admired most in this new time of Malone football was Fred Thomas. And I, I told him when he was hired, it was, it was the greatest step that they could take. Um, he cares about kids. He, does, he isn't in it for himself. He isn't in it for his own notoriety. He could care less. Fred, now you've got a situation. And, and first of all, you, you need to explain to people what a coach is, especially when it comes to football, when you've got hundreds, hundred, of, hundred players mm-hmm. and being their surrogate father. Well, for some of them, it's the first time they've ever been away from home. Uh, for some of them, they have no fathers. Uh, you know, the majority of our kids right now come from split homes or no father homes or one parent homes or uh, you know, and, and and have never been away from home ever. And uh, you know, we we got kids from all over the Midwest and mostly Ohio, but. Uh, you're their father. You're their big brother. Uh, you and your staff, not 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 just the head coach. Right. But, uh, you know, when they have problems, they come to you. Um, you know, when they have, I always tell recruits, I, I'll deal with any kind of problems. I'm not real fond of the girlfriend problems, but but we take care of that too, because that's what you do as a coach, and and every coach in the country does it. And you know, I, some people have never coached have no clue. Uh, they just don't understand it. That you know, when a young man has a problem or when something goes wrong in his life. He needs somewhere to turn to, and uh, it's so that's much, why your doors have to be open. It's so much deeper than X's and O's. Oh, X's and O's are the yeah. It's X's and O's are. I don't want to say the easy part, but X's and O's are the 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 last thing really. Yeah, uh, it's more about managing uh, a bunch of you know young men. Uh, egos, you got egos involved. You've got uh, disappointments involved. You got to lift spirits sometimes. Uh, you've got how to handle victory, how to handle failure. Uh, all that, all that's involved in coaching, and, and all that's the, the important side of coaching. You know how to handle breaking up with a girlfriend, or how to handle. You know, you look at this year, we had probably eight deaths in the, in the in our football family with relatives or parents, and how do you handle it? How do you handle it as a group? And that's what football's beauty of football. Beauty, the beauty of football is it's more than it's more than a game. It's 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 about life and about the ups and downs of life and how do you fight through adversity? Our kids are fighting through adversity right now. Hopefully, I know we were a very young team, but hopefully we taught them the right way to fight through adversity um, because this isn't easy. And, and it goes back to uh, another mutual friend we have, uh, an, a guy who I worked for, Jim Dennison, that PMA philosophy. You're going to get knocked down and you got to find a way to come back up and, and that's what we're telling our kids right now. We've been knocked down. We've been hitting the gut bad and... Uh, they got to find a way to, to suck it up and, and get back on the horse and just keep riding. And uh, we got to help them with that. You told the story a guy that one guy that we had both admire very very much, and I I respect him totally. I think he's one of the classiest. He and his father are two of the classiest men in coaching, and that's Vince Karras. Yeah. And Vince came to see you, and you told that story, and I, I want you to tell it. To yeah, people. you know, uh, Vince and I go back to when he was in, I think, middle school. I, I was Vince's high school coach when he was a sophomore. He's a 145-pound defensive end. Uh, and, but we've had a unique relationship. And and, uh, and, and Larry, Coach Karras, uh, we've had a great relationship from the minute I stepped into a, a Alliance, Ohio. And uh, 
you know, after after our meeting Friday, uh, we called all of our recruits at seven, and we called all of our friends, and 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 I went outside because we don't get good phone reception in our office, and all of a sudden I see this guy walking up to me. It's Vince Karras, and uh, I said, Vince, you know, I haven't hadn't gotten a hold of you yet. He says, Coach, I heard. I don't want to talk about your players. Let's go in the office, and I want to make sure you're okay. Wow. It was tough. I mean, it was. Uh, but that's what this profession does. That's what football does. That's the beauty of this game. It wasn't about players. It was about him making sure the old man was okay. And I don't think the I don't think the board. I'm just saying this because I don't think the board. I don't think there's people at Malone, and I know Charlie probably does, and he's probably in the middle, Charlie Grimes. But I think there's people at the top that really do not get that aspect of football. I don't think, and and, and I'm I'm not here to bad rap anybody. I'm not bad rapping. I I, I don't think there's anyone at Malone, and maybe since Dr. Since the doc, the, the, they started the program. Since Doctor Self. Doctor Self. I don't think there's been anyone at Malone that has been from successful football programs. I don't. I don't know of anyone in our administration. I know we have one. One. You know, one gentleman who was a, at another school that's not real successful. But they don't know the beauty of a successful football program. I tell people all the time. I admire Mount Union. Obviously, I'm friends of theirs, and, but they did it the right way. They built football, and that built the university. Mm. They made football. Important when when Coach Karras took over when Coach Wable was there, football is important there, and they're successful and, in everything and, now. And it's football grown. is the way that many people, unfortunately, fortunately or fortunately, football is the conduit to many people. It's the common denominator that goes out into the environment. Let's face it, football's. Huge yeah. with in people's minds, especially here in Stark County. Yeah. Doctor Self got that. He yeah. knew that if Malone was going to grow, Malone had to have a good football program. Yes. Uh, he also understood that it was a way. Now, here's the other part that people don't understand: the minority influence. We heard a guy speak, a golfer, uh, who got inducted in the Hall of Fame from the '60s. The other Saturday at the thing at mm-hmm. the yes, at the yes. and he said yes he he challenged Malone and said you know there hasn't been a black golfer since me at this school yeah and I challenge he challenged the university and football did that football brought a minority presence into Malone that won't that won't happen again. It won't be there. I mean, it just won't be there. And, um, you know, when we were after, they, they had people there to help our kids get through it. And I was talking to the head of uh, Minority Affairs, and she said, these are my kids. I said, they're my kids, too. And I said, uh, they're all going to be gone. And she, she just started crying. She just started crying because that's a presence that has to be at Malone. And a lot, like, like I said, a lot of the young men, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but we know they don't have a father. And Malone is great for those kind of kids. And he's gone. He's he's visiting a college today. Uh, you know, he's a very good football player. He's going to be gone. But he's from the inner city of Detroit. And and Malone was great for him. His grandma. He lived with his grandmother. His grandmother knew she could call me at any time. She could call any of our coaches anytime. She would call, you know, admissions anytime to check on her on her, on her grandson. And um, he'll be all. You know, he's off campus today visiting, and he'll he'll go somewhere. 
Um, but that's what Malone did very well, and, and they did it really well, when, especially accepting other people on campus. Yeah. Coach, when you took the football job, what's it been now? Two years ago? Three years. Yeah, three years? Three, three seasons. When you took the job, what were the conversations that you had with the higher-ups that hired you, and, and how much of it was predicated on you're here for an extended period of time and for a future of building? Well, you know, I, I think they knew my situation. I know they knew my situation. I'm a retired school teacher, and I really didn't need a job. But Coach Heyman, who asked me to help him one year, I helped him one year, and when he left um, – it was about 10 minutes after he, he told the staff that he was resigning. Uh, coach Grimes came in, Charlie came in and uh, gave me the keys and said, you're the new head coach. And I turned it down probably four times. And then Tim Bryant called me, who's the vice president of uh, the university. And he, he was a football coach at Akron Kenmore. And uh, I thought, you know, there's a football guy calling me. Maybe well, let's give this a try. Uh, let's, let's do it. Uh, you know, if I was... 35, I'd be chomping at the bit to do it. But when you get a little older, you know how that is, Joe. You, yeah. uh, you, you wonder, can I do it? Do I have the energy to do it? And w- when I talked to him, I said, my goal is to build this program back to where it was when Joe was there, uh, when the when the, the starting of the program. And and how did uh, they respond to that? That's what we want. That, that's what you know. That's what we want. That's what we want to do. And that's how we're going to do it. And, and we want you to do it. And I told him, my goal is to do it with mainly local people. Uh, you know. I think this is great football here. I want to do it with Star County guys, Northeastern Ohio guys. We'll branch off a little bit, but but we want to get it back to where it's uh, Canton's best team. And, and you were and you were getting there. You yeah. were there. It took time. Yeah. I, I it took, uh, we had forty six kids my first workout. Yeah, forty six kids. I know. We had forty eight and two got sick during the workout. Said this isn't for us. They went back to California. <laughs> That's funny. I I you know I um, I remember the very first question I asked Hell Smith. When I came in and talked to him about football, and I asked him a specific question, is it a sin to win here? And he said, no, it's not a sin to win here. Because I had been at another Christian school, Greenville College, where we went to the national playoffs in three years. And they hated us for it. They, when we left... Uh, Max Bowman, who then became a tight ends coach of Buffalo Bills and very successful coach, he and I were the only two full-timers. Mm-hmm. And we built a program up that went to the national playoffs in NAIA three years there. And when we left, we had like four or five All-Americans and things. They went in and painted over the locker room. Painted over all of our All-Americans, erased all the history of that we did and it was it was sad to see that happen yeah. uh but football still goes on there yeah. division three yeah. but um you know it, it's like okay what can you do to sustain this what can you do to make this work i wish that they would not have done it the way they did yeah. um and and I feel bad for your coaches too, very much so. Well, especially when 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 it, it's a sh- it's a shock first of all, and then they call their families and uh, 
um, you know, we have to. We're going to have to find a, a job, and uh, and the, t- the timing. Just there's no jobs out there right now. Uh, you know, you know how that cycle works, Joe, because everybody wants to by recruiting to get their staffs. Yeah. So they're out on the road, and then they start spring ball right away. They're going to start pre- pre- preparing for spring ball next week. Uh, so the timing was really, really bad for our coaches, for our players, and our coaches. Well, the, the, and that goes back to the fact that yeah. that people who are making these decisions don't understand football. No, because the ideal thing would, and not that there is an ideal thing to drop a program, but if they'd have done it before the semester was over, we could have got our kids into second semester schools. They could have went through spring ball, whether division three or two. They could have went through spring ball. They could have had an opportunity to win jobs, know, know the new systems, because they're all going to go to new systems. And our coaches would have had a chance with some of the new hirings, maybe to get to hook up with somebody and get, get a job. And uh, uh, But that would have had to take place before the new semester started. So now the new semester started. So our kids, and, and the hard part for, for us right now is t- we've been talking to our kids about you have to keep your grades up. Because eligibility will, will be determined on this semester. Mm. If you're not eligible at the end of the semester, when you transfer, you're not eligible. Wow. And, you, and it goes back to the, the home school, the first school. And, and, and they're young people. They're going to lose you know, some, some, some um, focus. They're, yeah. they're going to have some problems with that, which, I mean, truthfully, uh, who wouldn't? And uh, they have to stay focused on their academics while they're trying to find another school uh, so that they don't slip in this, this have a bad semester so they when they do transfer they are eligible yeah coach when this all came down yesterday and you had that meeting with the players I know there was probably a feeling of shock directly afterwards but mm-hmm. when players stepped aside to you and talked to you what were some of the things that players told you well the, the interest one one I got a lot of thank yous uh, we have really good kids uh and they're they're worried about their future. You know, what do I do? Uh, uh, you know, what when a nursing student pulled me in, coach, I, I can't transfer. I got to, I want to transfer. I want to go play ball, but I can't transfer because of my academics. Um, and it was interesting because they wouldn't leave the lobby area of, of Osborne Hall. We had tables set up because we knew colleges were. Once we heard it, once the meeting was over, we well, I had the staff set up tables for college coaches to come in. So that every coach could sit down, we spread them out, so coaches could come in, talk to players, and and um, have a little bit of privacy. It was spread out pretty far, and the kids wouldn't leave the lobby area. I bet fifty to sixty of them just stayed in the lobby area, just lost, just just lost, like lost little puppies. And uh, you know, when a college, I felt bad. Uh, a good friend of mine came up from Wheeling Jesuit, uh, David Price, and they just flocked to him, and he we took him up to the Pioneer Room and. Every kid just followed David up to the Pioneer Room because mm-hmm. they're looking for a home. And uh, I said, David, I'm sorry. I said, you know, but but they're all coming up. He says, Coach, don't worry. Just let them all come up. And I thought that was very classy of him. It's a new program down in Wheeling, uh, Wheeling Jesuits, a brand-new football program. And then you had J.J. there, Joe yeah, Nemeth. Joe, Joe, yeah, J.J. He, came He's in, recruiting, you know, and he's also crying. <laughs> the guy loves Malone. I know. He's alumnus, and, and he he came in, and, and our, our kids didn't understand. Our, our offices were full of kids, and, and they, they were just mingling, really, and uh, J.J. came in and gave me a hug and just started bowling, and uh, our kids didn't understand, so he went into one of the offices to talk to some kids. I said, guys, that's a, that's a guy that was here when the program started, and I explained to the, the, the five or six guys that were still there, not talking to coaches, that that's a guy who built the foundation. Him and his teammates and his coaches built the foundation, and they're all feeling terrible right now. Yeah, Fred, I w- I wish you the best. I um I love you. I, 
and for I sure. know this. The, I know I'm I'm here for you. Um, I wish there was something I could do for the players. I, I wish there was. The only regret I have is that I wish they would have come to us and said, "We need your help to keep this going." Yeah. But but I don't know. I guess there's a part of me that says, I don't know if football ever totally fit into the minds of many people at Milan. Yeah, I can agree with that. And um, so the first thing that would be cut and, and using a financial excuse mm-hmm. would be football. Yeah. And, and Malone will revert back to the college that was there doing fine work and and a lot of people will be happy with that it'll revert back to the Malone that was there before 1992 and 93 and and that will be fine but I I wish I wish you the best You're, you're a great friend I love you and you're a brother uh, you did a remarkable job, and you need to look at this and say, "I did. I gave it all." I appreciate that. And well, and as you know, Joe, I, I always feel the good Lord doesn't give you any more than you can handle, and uh, we'll handle this, and and all of our kids will be better off for it. Uh, they can you know, that they've gone through this adversity, and our coaches will be better off for it, and uh, we'll make it work. I love you. You, love you too. Keep in touch. Let me know Absolutely. what's going on. What I could do to help. Absolutely. Um, even coming over and talking to kids or whatever. I mean, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I appreciate it. Love you. You take care, Fred. Fred Thomas, great coach, did a great job, dedicated his life to a bunch of young men and continues to do that today. I wish them all the best. We'll be... Well, I'm leaving you tomorrow.